back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Growing Up Gay with Vaughn and Malik. It is I, Young Vaughn. It is I, Young Malik. And I don't know why we're talking like this, but I'm going to continue doing so until I feel compelled to stop. So Malik, tell everyone how your week was. Well, since we last recorded, I've been very marvelous. Um, I've been spending my days and times knitting, quilting, doing very leisurely things. Have you been doing a little bit of crocheting as well, or just the knitting and the leisure? Crocheting as well. I have been in my arts and craft bag. Literally and figuratively. I'm lying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to continue talking like that. We're going to (laughs) stop. But no, on a serious note, Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Growing Up Gay. It is I, the Jamaican stallion, Vaughn. Oh, it is me, the hot boy, hot nerd, hot everything, just hot all together, Malik. The hot yoga nigga. Oh. The hot yoga figure. (laughs) That's it, the hot yoga boy. What it do, y'all? Uh, we hope you all have been well since we last recorded. Uh, it's been about a week or so. And in that time, Malik, we've been up to things. Do you want to catch the people up uh, on what you've been up to? I absolutely want to catch the people up. Um, since we last recorded last week, um, I've been working. We just finished budgets at work. And Ooh. anyone who knows about doing budgets and forecasting and having to make the numbers make sense, um, for the the next business fiscal year, you know that it is a feat because you want to be as sound and as reasonable as possible because you don't want to under budget, you don't want to over budget, you want to be right where you need to be. Um, and I actually ended up, um, well, coming in under budget, but actually predicting more revenue um, with some, some tactics that uh, I'll keep to myself. But all in all, that's over. That headache is gone. And now I'm just focusing on myself having a good time this week. Uh, Libra season just started on the 23rd. So I'm feeling that energy. Um, I, I'm going to see Sierra tonight. So I think that's going to be a blast. You know, the crunk and be queen herself, CC, back in her hometown, Atlanta. So I know she's going to shut it down. Um it's really interesting. I I posted on Facebook the other day. I was like, hey, I want to go see Sierra, but Mama is asking for 80 to $180 for these tickets. And I'm like, ooh, girl, that's, that's a lot of money. They're too much. <laughs> Sierra, that's too much. too much. Like, I can't afford that. Niece, you can backbend and all, but ain't nobody give you $180, Sheldon. Come on now. But Not 180 Yeah. I can My see like $60. Yes, I could you know, see 60, I could see 40, but... Q45, up to like 95, 100, maybe 110 for the for the VIP, you know. Exactly. But um, those tickets were too high for me. Uh, my friend Maddie, she came in the clutch. She was like, um, I'm going to be out of town for work. You can have my ticket. You'll be sitting with my sisters. I was like, girl, I don't care if I'm sitting with your grandma. I'm going. <laughs> 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 like, I don't care. So I'm gonna to get to see Sierra tonight, and um, you know this is this is just off to a really good Libra season. Um, me and Vaughn just decided that we're gonna do a joint birthday dinner together in New York towards the end of the month, uh, hey, end of October. Scorpio so, season is coming. Scorpio season is coming. Scorpio season is coming. Um, and uh, so yeah. Oh, and when this episode's post, I think it'll still be going. I'm doing a giveaway. On my page to go see uh, a movie called The Making of Sweet Tea. It's a a gay coming to age story about um, E. Patrick Johnson, a black professor and uh, author who, uh, who who's who's from North Carolina, and he's a really cool guy. He has a film that that's about him, and it's going to be at the out uh, at the twenty nineteen Out Film Festival here in Atlanta. And so if you go to my page, you click um, the, the picture of the, the preview of the movie and you do the little post or whatever I'm asking, you can win tickets to go see it. And um, it's going to be really fun for especially queer black, queer men of color should really be interested in seeing it because um, it, it's a deep dive just about the intersection of blackness, queerness, and just kind of your journey uh, at finding yourself. Dope. So, Yeah. 
Yes, that's what I got sure going y'all, on. Y'all check that out. Yeah, I'm gonna post it on the Growing Up Gay page too, so you can see it there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I've had a good week, a very busy, very, very, very busy week. Um, You're always busy, friend. I know, always. But we're extreme. Like work has been kicking my ass. Um, it's just been so busy. Like it's been so busy. Like and same, much like you, we're doing budgeting stuff as well. Because uh, I'm starting to like help out in the revenue department a bit, which is not my background at all. But yeah, um, <clears throat> my GM asked me to, so I decided to go ahead and you know try to get Jump my feet in. wet in there, right? Um, but yeah, it's been super busy. But I've had a really good week. I think I've said this every episode for the last time that we recorded, but I really feel like I'm back to myself. Um, and like I like 100% feel like I'm back to myself for the first time since maybe June, <laughs> like. Uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, just I feel good. God, I'm trying not to sing the song. Um, I knew that I would. I had to do it. Um, <laughs> but no, I've been feeling really good. I saw Hustlers with uh, Jenny Lowe. And, uh, Ooh, I Cole. saw it last night. It was good. Hustlers was good. Shout out. Like, I was, I was actually, um, I will say though, I'm sorry, this is a, a slight rant. I decided to support a local theater, you know, I said, okay, it's a little further into the hood. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a mm-hmm. big black man. Ain't nobody gonna fuck with me. So yep. I went to this theater. Y'all, there was a line. I said, y'all, like there's people here. Anyway, <laughs> there was a line for no lie about 30 minutes. There were two people doing the ticketing, right? I was going to go to the Magic Johnson on 145th, but I was like, eh, I could walk there from where I live, but I was like, I don't want to go there. Let me go to support this, you know, other smaller, you know, theater or whatever. Right. There were two people taking tickets at Saturday night. Like, that is a prime movie night. Why do you only have two people taking tickets? It literally took me 25 minutes to get a ticket. And then what bothered me most about it is there's a third station where you don't have to wait in line. If you, like, say you're buying with a credit card or a debit card... You yeah. can just utilize your card. You don't have to actually wait in line to buy the tickets. And do you think there was a sign that stated that? Do you think no. they had one or two individuals to maybe usher people in that direction? No. Of course not. No. Of course not. Um, so after being patient, because, you know, that's one thing I'm very, you know, thankful for being. I am patient. I give people a lot of grace. Um, but after that, like... I was like, hello? Like, what? what is going on? <laughs> like, why? Wh-? So I walked over because I saw the station and I just decided to walk. Well, actually, I'm not going to lie. This gentleman in front of me, this little uh, <laughs> this little Hispanic dude, <laughs> he was like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> and he, he was like, I'm not doing this shit. I'm getting out of line. And he walked over to the to the area and he was like, I'm just going to. I saw him talking with his friend and they bought their ticket. They, they were looking around also like, can I? use this to buy a ticket because like like i said there wasn't there was no sign there was no one ushering your direction and then there was this guy that was like you know the people that take the ticket and point you which direction to go right he was like oh yeah it's cool you can use that one i was like really my nigga like you couldn't say that 20 (laughs) minutes ago you couldn't be periodically saying this every three to five minutes or something so that we're clearly aware that we don't all have to stand in line and then what annoyed me was if you if you're buying tickets from multiple people why do all 25 of your children have to stand in line with you? There was this, like, I don't know if it was, like, a youth group or just somebody who got, grabbed some kids from the neighborhood and was like, I'm going to buy our movie tickets. But there were, like, 30 of them niggas, no lie, <laughs> all waiting to, to buy tickets. And then they were, like, dancing and moving around. And I was like, this is how I know I'm getting old because I was irritated. Like, I was like, y'all, someone needs to wrangle them. Who is, where is the parent? Like, why aren't y'all, anyway. You know what? Have you seen that sketch on a black lady show? I mean, on a black lady lady sketch show. show. Um, And they do a sketch about uh, Quinta B and the, I can't think of the other other girl's name, but they go to a black owned restaurant and they have like the most ridiculous time. They're like, and it really, it it goes in line to exactly what you're talking about. Just how there was just so many like inconveniences. So many going to a black owned restaurant or business and here's the thing i've been to a million black owned establishments and they were not all bad let's be clear but right there is like a running joke amongst the black community oh child that's why i can't go to black owned spots because insert 
you know, experience right. here. That's a mess. It was just, it was annoying. But Hustlers was good. Uh, there were a few twists and turns in the movie that I didn't really inspect, uh, expect. But overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, what else happened this week? Oh, I've been back in the gym, going really hard, trying to, you know, uh, push myself as best as possible. I have to say I'm really proud of myself. And this is going to be, you know, more in line with our uh, Get It Together so I'm going to save it for that. But all in all, I've been good. Very busy. Uh, saw Hustlers. It was good. And, yeah. I think that's all for my week. <laughs> I think that's it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, with that being said, we're going to go right to Get It Together. Um, for those who are new to the show, Get It Together is a, is a segment that Vaughn and I, we sound off and we talk about a mental, uh, some kind of wellness tip that that we're living by, that we're practicing, and that has resonated with us this week. Um, and this week, I want to talk about mindfulness. Um, oftentimes, we're in this day and age where clickbait is at an all-time high. People yes, are is. writing... Pe- I mean, people... Just the other day, I was on... Um, <clears throat> I was on... A YouTube and V103 was covering the whole Malik Yoba trans attractive bullshit. This trans marcher he's doing all this, all this shit. Not, not and bullshit. I do remember <laughs> Malik Yoba, you know, on the on, on the Breakfast Club and pretty much stating that he felt like he was stepping up and not coming out. And I do think that whenever you in media, whenever you do have a direct quote from someone of what their intention is, you should quote it as that and not you know, try to incite anything other than what it is. Like, don't twist their words. And so I was really disappointed that there were so many media outlets that were doing that when they've had direct quotes from him. I say all that to just talk about clickbait. Um, and with a practice of mindfulness, you you are required to do research. Um, and what that research means is when you see something that seems a little ridiculous, when you see something that hmm, you're not quite sure about, instead of actually disagreeing with whoever's who was ever sharing it, their opinion or asking how people feel about things, you know, you take a few moments and you just, you know, see what's going on yourself. And then you're able to kind of come up with your own opinion based on how you feel about things. Um, and this is a part of a mindfulness practice. And with creating and, and instilling this behavior within your life, you start to take this approach with other things. So the next time someone tells you something that seems ridiculous or untrue or whatever the case may be, or even if it is true, you still take a pause where you can process this information or and ask some clarifying questions, some, some clarifying questions if you don't understand. A great example of this, if someone's saying something to you and you don't really, you still don't have clarity, you say, well, what do you mean when you say that? Or I don't understand this part of your statement. You know, it just allows the person to obviously clarify, but then so you can get some understanding so that when you respond to them, it can be mindful and it can be tailored to exactly what the person is talking about. It's not this off cuff or regurgitated statement that, that you read someone else's opinion or just something that's just off the wall. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's really getting to the point now where I saw something yesterday on Facebook and it said, um, parent, uh, no, Planned Parenthood has killed 1.7 million babies in the last such and such year. And I was like, Planned, Parent- Planned Parenthood has not killed 1.7 million babies. Planned Parenthood has facilitated safe abortions for women who, ch- who chose to have them for whatever reason. Girl, you fuck know. them kids. <laughs> exactly, fuck them kids. But all in all, um, you know, you guys just continue to, to guard your spirit and guard your mind against things that are out there. Um, and creating a practice of mindfulness, a practice of intention, uh, will help you do that. And so Absolutely. that's my get it together. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> for me, I actually have uh, two get it togethers for this week. Uh, my first one is doing this for me. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier about uh, being like back in the gym. Um, I've really been enjoying the process of like, working out again and i had a really rough six weeks of uh, six days it was very busy um and i was up until literally 4 a.m finishing this project uh because my director is an idiot and doesn't know how to do anything so 
I literally got two hours, two and a half, maybe three hours, not even three hours of sleep. Um, it was up until four, about 4.15, had to be back at work by eight. Um, and I got off work and it was, like I said, it was my sixth day working straight and I, everything in my spirit wanted to go home. Like I was so tired. I had been tired all day and I decided I was still going to go to the gym. Cause I was like, at least if I have like a little 45 minute trash workout, I'll feel better about myself as opposed to like just going home and, you know, not working out at all. Um, cause I'm really trying to commit to five days a week until I get like really, really good back in my groove. And then I'm going to try and do like five days and possibly a six day a week. But I went and I actually had a really, really good workout, like a really strong workout. And I've come to the place now where I'm so centered in, in my working out that I'm focused on myself. And something that I've been saying a lot to myself during this process is that I'm doing this for me. And this comes from Chrissy Stella. Uh, she has an app called Tone and Sculpt. She's a YouTuber uh, from the UK, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that's kind of her, the, the testament for her brand and her company is doing it, doing this for me. And that's really what I'm doing this for. I'm not doing this for anyone else's approval. I'm not doing this for anyone else's attention. I'm really doing it, doing this for me, like for my health, for my mental well-being, for, uh, so I can look cute as shit in clothes. Um, and, and, so naked. I can, <laughs> and naked. Um, and so, yeah, so like, that's, that's my get it together for this week. I think whatever you're doing, whatever you, whatever your, this is, uh, I have multiple, this is right now. I'm doing this shit for me. And I, I just feel like that is a, a, a much needed reminder sometimes because we can, there can be so much going on. And sometimes you just have to like step away and just say, I'm doing this shit for me. So I'm no, I'm not staying at work extra late because I have to do this because I'm doing this shit for me. Like, we put so much into everyone else's pockets and sometimes that leaves us with nothing in ours. And I just feel like every now and mm. again, you got to remember to keep something for yourself and to do whatever you're doing for you. If you're out here living for anyone else, if you're out here doing anything for anyone else, that's not the right mindset. And that's coming from somebody that's a natural people pleaser. I've had to, one of the hardest things that I've had to learn is that like, you really do have to live for yourself and make the decisions that are best for yourself. Um, so yeah, that's my first get it together for this week is remember you're always to always be doing this shit for me, whatever your this is and whoever your me is, your me should be you obviously. Um, and my second one is your test is now your test, your testimony is later. And that is by Daryl. Shout out to, uh, Daryl. If you listen to the Oprah Rose podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts. I've been listening to them since literally they started. I think their second ever episode is when I tuned in because their friend, Daryl, I've been following him online for ages now, literally like maybe eight years at this point, um, eight or nine years at this point. And his his uh, Twitter is Dare, D-A-R-E, Rule, R-U-L-E, Daryl. Um, and they their most recent episode, they were talking about, you know, Basically, all the trials and tribulations they've gone through from being late 20s, early, early, uh, mid to late 20s, moving to New York to now being in their, you know, early 30s and like finally getting to the other side and finally like reaping uh, the benefits of what they've sowed. The episode that I, I listened to is called um, the the squeaky squeaky wheel gets the oil and uh Tierra, one of the hosts of the podcast, she's actually the publicist for Little Nas X. And uh, she was basically, they were basically sharing stories about, you know, career things and personal things and kind of the trials and tribulations. And they were just kind of allowing themselves to live in the, the reality that they've accomplished a lot. And they finally got into this place of peace and comfort to where like all the work they've put in, you know, is finally paying off. And this really spoke to me because I kind of feel like I'm in that place right now where I'm like, trying to figure out <laughs> like what is what is going to be next you know because you're, you're working so hard and you're doing all these things and you kind of feel like you're not really getting anywhere and you're at least for me i sometimes sit around and wonder like so when is it gonna like pay off when am i gonna get to that point where I'm, i look back and i'm like okay so all the shit i went through you know was really worth it like I, I learned these lessons and this is this was the reason why because i'm now standing in this in this point of you know happiness and and fulfillment and all those things. And it's like Daryl said, your test is now your testimony is later. And it's it makes it a lot easier 
while you're going through the test to know that this is just a test. This is not, you know, your final grade, if you will. This is just the test for right now. Like, it can seem hard. It can seem, you know, like too much. But when you finally get to your testimony, you'll see that it was all worth it. So those are my get-it-togethers for this week. Doing this for me. Your test is now. Your testimony is later. Awesome. I love that, especially the doing this for me. One thing I know that yoga has taught me throughout my my training and just my, my practicing is that you have to have um, something that is really reminding you of your practice of like what's what's your attention what's your motivation what's your passion behind it you know what is your win and you know doing it for yourself it's like that that has to be the reason why you're deciding to make these changes because if it's not something that's like passionate that's near and dear to you you won't be able to stick to it and i think making it about yourself is like that constant reminder i'm doing this for me it it just always centers you it just brings you right back to your why and we all have to have our why so thank you for sharing that that was really good of course friend of course thank you so with that being said we're going to take a quick little break and we'll be right back with y'all hey you guys it's malik thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed the show so far Remember to tell your friends about what we're doing here. This is a community-based show, and the only way we're going to grow is with your help. So be sure to like, subscribe, and share our show with all of your friends and your family. Now back to the episode. All right, so we are back with the Growing Up Gay for this week. If this is your first time listening to our show, um... Our Growing Up Gay segment, which is, of course, what the show is named after, is the meat and potatoes, if you will, of the episode. It's where we sit down and we discuss topics that are either stemming from our community or affecting our community or outlooks from people within our community. Um, And one of the things that I really wanted to touch on is the normalization of sexual harassment in the gay community. I think because we are all men, or excuse me, excuse me we're not all men <laughs> there are there are gay women they're called lesbians yes. but um mm-hmm. i think because we we often share same sex spaces um things like sexual har- I, I at least i notice things like sexual harassment are somewhat commonplace mm-hmm. and especially speaking from the viewpoint of a gay man i feel like men are often seen as these um uh these inhibited like yeah, these, these creatures, un- right, yeah, these uninhibited primal creatures that can't seem to help themselves. Right. I was mm-hmm. talking to someone about uh, dating and, you know, open relationships because they're so common in our community. And it was like they were they were saying that, like, you know, well, you know, so many people, they're man, we can't help themselves. You see something, you want it. And not that this, that has anything to do with this topic, but I feel like because of that, we tend to allow or e- expect or, you know, brush past you know, these common sexual harassments or people just invading your space in general. For instance, my friend Anthony, uh, there's a few things that that, um, influenced this topic. The first one was my friend Anthony came in town to celebrate his birthday last week. And we all went out to, uh, uh, not pianos, Lord. We all went out to cafeteria and had a really great uh, dinner we talked we talked about everything and we had like this really great dinner and we wanted to just go out and like have fun um so we went to what they were on like 51st street we went to a, a few different uh places before we ended up at this one club so we were in there we were you know music was playing we were all dancing we we're having fun we were talking conversing you know all that and i'm a very patient person like i already said earlier in the episode um but at one point there's this two guys one of them <laughs> one of them was like an Asian gentleman. He kept bumping into my friend Clark. <laughs> and Clark don't play that shit. So Clark was ready to like he dropped his bag and he was ready. Like if we're like if you he was like you bump into me one more time. But his friend, this other guy now, the other the Asian gentleman's friend, kept touching me. Like he was touching my chest, my shoulders, my arms, my lower back. And I was like, bruh, like, why are you touching me? Like, I don't know you. He was clearly, he had clearly been drinking. But, and he was a, he was a smaller gentleman than me. So if I wanted to, I could have fucked him up easily. Like, I could have easily, like, even if I would have mushed him 
with enough force, he would have definitely gone across the room. But I didn't want to create a scene, right? So I just kept trying to, like, tell him to stop. And I kept moving his hand. I was trying to, like, right. giggle out of it. And then I forcefully, I forcefully had to be like, all right, stop touching me. If you touch mm-hmm. me again, we're going to have a problem. And he, like, went into the bathroom. And then he knew not to come by my ass anymore. Um, but I feel like I've, I've heard a lot of these same stories. And I've had other experiences. Like, I remember... Uh, I remember one time I went out with my my homegirls. Actually, this is in Atlanta, and I was wearing some tighter jeans. And uh, this we we were we went out to eat, and as we were leaving, there was this guy, and he clearly, I guess, was attracted. I don't know. All I know is he was like, he was like, "Damn, he, you know, you thick or whatever." And then he touched my thigh, and I was like, "I don't, nigga, I don't know you." Right. Like, why are you touching my thigh? And I've I've had mm-hmm. the same thing happen with my ass. I've had people... I had someone palm my ass the other day talking about, oh, I'm sorry. You're not sorry if you palm someone's ass. Like, that's intentional. Like, right. if you grab a handful of ass, that's intentional. That's not, that's not like, oh, I'm brushing by someone on the train. So I, I just wanted to... to de- that was one of the, the first things that made me want to touch on this topic. So, Malik, have you ever had, like, experiences like that in the community? Absolutely. I've had a million... I mean, this has happened to me countless of times. It, it brings me back to... Um, I think this is something that just happens to queer people in general when they're just existing. Like, their bodies seem to just be up for grabs. Like, the most... The, the time that comes to mind is when I was at, um, I was at market. I was, uh, at the, the, the high point, um, forgive me. Um, um, <laughs> I'm losing my train of thought. I was at the high point furniture capital of the world. I was, um, at, a, a, I was at a furniture convention, excuse me. And, um, there was a customer there that I was working with a client. Um, and, and as they, were exiting the showroom or um I, I was standing amongst other I was standing amongst other colleagues excuse me and my back was turned was my, my back was turned like facing where the party was where people were exiting or whatever and as this man began to leave our showroom he groped me from behind and he was, you know, obviously same gender loving but we were in a public space and you know That's I remember I, you know, I remember turning around in a very like aggressive but shocked manner, like 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 what's going on? And he looked at me, and was like, you know, I know that was inappropriate. I know I should have done that, um, but I uh, it just looked too good. I couldn't resist. And I remember See, feeling like, nah, whoa, no. what the fuck? Like I, I I remember feeling just so just immobilized, that, no. stuck in that moment. And mind you, I'm in public. I'm I'm at a work event. I'm in professional attire. You know, I'm a, I'm amongst you know professionals, and it was a very surreal just moment for me. So I just think that um, men in general are just very touchy because of the fact that we have this normalization around oh men are primal men are just instinctual animals and and honestly i just think it's that way because we're conditioned that way not because it's just in us like we're born human we're not born animals we're not born primals right but as we grow up we learn that you know when we're on you know the sandbox and we keep thumping the girl um, because we like her, that's reinforced with, oh, he's only doing that because he likes you. Like, no. Just some that's, bullshit. Right. Like, you know, that's not the case. So I just think that um, we're, we're just conditioned that way and, and we continue on until it stops, like until we change our rhetoric. And I think that's, it's unbelievable because I think the, the part about it that's frustrating to me is if you'd say like say i was to punch old boy in the face that was touching me then i would be in the wrong i would right. be aggressive especially because he was not a, a person of color mm-hmm. um he might have been like mixed with like white and asian or like some kind of latin or something but he definitely wasn't black is what i'm trying to say so right. like had i been aggressive i had like defended myself essentially then I would have been seen as aggressive. It would have been like, oh, you know, you, you're a hoodlum or whatever the case may be. is, And it's just like, it's it's annoying to have to navigate spaces of, you know, where you're finally supposed to be able to be comfortable because you're, like, you're amongst other, you know, 
queer individuals. But now I have to worry about you invading my personal space and like not being able to act on it because if I do, then I'm seen as aggressive or whatever the case may be is. So I just think it's a bunch of bullshit. I think people need to learn how to keep their hands to themselves. And I think we need to learn that just because you're attracted to someone doesn't mean that they're attracted to you, nor are you, uh, nor, nor are you, can you demand they, they, you know, allow your assault. Like you don't need to be touching people like period, like don't touch people. So one of the other things that I want to touch on in regard to this topic, and this is actually kind of what spearheaded uh, this conversation. So I was on Twitter and I saw, um, a discussion being had about a sex worker and he's quite popular in what he does. And he was being accused of rape and apparently he had done raped people on multiple occasions. And some of the comments that I saw were disturbing. Uh, I saw two people kind of having a, well, y'all knew who he was or how he was prior to, so therefore, you know, you you putting yourself quote unquote at risk is not really putting yourself at risk, which really annoys. Can we me. back this up and give the context of how they're saying that he's allegedly raping people? Because okay. because I'm sure people are going to automatically think he forced upon he forced himself upon someone, right. and that's not the case. Well, I've 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 heard that case as well, but the, oh the, right, the common case that is being discussed is uh, like I said, he's a sex worker. Um, so what he essentially does is tells people he wants to collaborate with them, um, for monetary gain on both ends and they'll have the sex and the content will never be released. Therefore them getting no profit. So it's kind of like sleep with me and I get you in this movie and that person can't get you in a movie if you will. Um, however, the difference is, um, in some of the clips, in some of in some of the instances, apparently the people are not paid at all. They're well, not that they're not paid. The content isn't released at all, and then in other cases, the content is released, and one party isn't getting paid for the work they put in. From the discussions gotcha. that I've seen, anyway, um, and people were discussing this as rape. And at first, the, you know, there were questions in regard to is this rape or did you just have sex with someone? You know, and and you know they're making money off of it and you're not and contractually and i will say this if you do partake in sex work contracts are still important (laughs) like you need to get it signed off that you're doing this content for equal gain if that's what you're doing if you're saying hey we're doing a scene together um and we're both going to get the profits from this especially considering the person isn't giving you the content the content is all recorded by one person, edited by one person, and posted by that one person. Let me just say Meryl Streep <laughs> is not getting on anybody's set without the bag secured. So you need to be doing mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's for anything that you do. Like, whenever I post, like, an ad on my page, I have to sign a contract with that vendor stating I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to post it by this date. I'm going to say this verbiage. And it's the same thing, you know, could go for any type of business that you're in, like anything that you're doing and you're trying to promote yourself in any industry, there needs to be, there needs to have some type of paperwork and documentation of all so that you're covered. Absolutely. And it's funny, but no, well, it's not funny, but I've, I don't know why we always say that it's funny, but, um, I, I saw also the topic of sexual assault in regard to students at, if I'm not mistaken, Clark Atlanta university. Uh, I saw two different threads by two different gentlemen uh, about a particular gentleman who I think he's a senior, if I'm not mistaken, um, where he has essentially been preying on freshmen. And it's another situation where it's like it's well, quote unquote, well known and no one is doing anything or saying anything about these situations. And I feel like in both these cases, whether it's the sex worker or this other gentleman, I feel like we need to start speaking up and we need to normalize people speaking up in regard to sexual assault. If you are like, if you are like even the sex, the sex worker gentleman, another thing that's quite popular in that field is these people that, you know, record people without consent. Mm -hmm. They, 
they record these videos and they post them on OnlyFans or my Vidster or, you know, Pornhub or whatever the case may be is, especially spaces where they're getting profit from it. And the individuals that they're recording have no clue that they're being recorded. Yes. You know, like, there is a guy, I won't say his name, um, that does that. Um, and I, I almost fell victim to it. Um, gag. Yeah, gag. Like, I, I hooked up with this guy and, um... When, when I got to his house, this this scene just looked too familiar. Like, I, I felt like I had seen this, this place before. Have you seen before. it before? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I felt like I had, like, like seen this whole, like, <laughs> like this bedroom, this house, this sofa. It just, it just seemed very familiar. And I... I literally had I literally had fucked on the bed that other people had fucked on as well, and I remember like oh after the fact I feel like this is you you're that guy you're you're the, mm. you're that guy you're the one, and I was the, I was I remember looking around like is there a camera is there not, and I remember him saying what you looking for bro. And I was like, I'm trying to figure out, is there a camera up here? Because I feel like you're... you're. I'm glad you addressed it head on. Cause it, I, yes. Listen, you, and remember I said, TV, you remember on TV shows uh, where like the person would break the fifth wall and, and look yes. directly into the camera? Yes. And, and like, they would pause everything. Like the episodes of Saved by the Bell where they would pause everything and then he would talk to the camera? Yes. That would be me. Like, I would break that fifth wall like a motherfucker. And be, be like, like so I know y'all thought something was about to happen, but what's mm-hmm. not about to happen is that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just not mm-hmm. happening, bro. Like, that's, that's not, not going to happen. So it was very much that. Um, and I, I just, so all in all, that is a real thing with people trying to record you having a secret camera, you guys fucking, and then it being released like, I I know that very well. Like that's happened. It's happened to friends that I know. Just the other day, my, my a close friend of mine, I'm not gonna say which friend, obviously, called me. Was like, hey, I just found out that I'm on somebody's OnlyFans accounts, and I didn't even know that they were recording. And I'm like, whoa. See, it would you been, know. I just I just had a random. <laughs> I just had a thought of like, imagine if you are fucking down, and then like down, you, you like you. <laughs> In, in the midst of fucking down, you look to the left and you see like a red light blinking. <laughs> exactly. It's like, wait, hold up. <laughs> like, what's that over there, bitch? That a that would be hilarious footage, like hilarious footage, because I'm beating your ass. Like, we might have just been fucking, but I'm beating your ass. I'm gonna fuck you up now. Like, nah, that's right. Not happening. Yeah, yeah. So. That's not happening. I just, I just think we need to, uh, to beware and be cautious of uh, who we sleep with, mm-hmm. you know. And then I think people that are part- participating in sex work, look, I'm all for it. I support it, you know, all the way. I'm not paying for it, no shade. But oh, I do God, support. No. <laughs> I do support those that work in that field. But I think we need to to give the same the same level of respect we would want for ourselves to other people like do not record someone without their consent do not touch someone without their consent um because in in most cases a you're doing something illegal b you will get your ass beat mhm like I feel like especially in these these club situations where people are in a club and I understand like I'm not a I live in New York I get on the train I know what it's like to be in tight spaces and have to, you know, maneuver. You say, excuse me. You tap somebody lightly on the shoulder. You do not palm their ass. Yeah. You don't. You don't grab their bulge. You don't do those. And I always wonder, like, what kind of mindset do you have to have? Like, there's a certain level of entitlement you have to have to think it's okay to just grab someone that you don't know. Like. I agree. And I also think it's also a a certain level of just overt racism and overt um well uh, I think it's that way amongst white people um and I think that because there have been so many times where I felt like that I've been in a predominantly white queer space and there have been white men that have been overt with their lust for me and with their interest in me and I felt like wow this just seems 
forced. It seems mm-hmm. fetishized. It seems over the top. Absolutely. And I see that, especially in Atlanta, when you're in Midtown, which is a predominantly white space, and then and you know, and then black guys come out. I see how, um, you know, overt some white some white men are when it comes to being very touchy feely with black men. You know telling them, you know, and, and, and if with strangers, because there have been times where I've been out and there have been people just touch me and rub me and just say the most ridiculous things to me. And it's like, whoa, you would not speak to one of your white counterparts this way. I don't see that. And, and furthermore, whether you would or not, you're not going to do it to me. You're not going to do it to me. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I had that happen with a, a co-worker. And that, it was the first time ever in my life where, like, any situation like that happened at work because I tell people all the time, look, I clock in and I clock out. I always miss the tea at work. It always gets told to me after the fact because I don't pay attention to other people or their business. But there was a Christmas party we had one year and this uh, white gay that worked in sales, he was older, he was in his like early 40s. Um, and I was like 23 at the time or 24. Um, and he came, no, I was 24. He came up to me like, at the Christmas party, and he was clearly a little, you know, a little tipsy. And we had worked together, mind you, for like a year and had barely spoken. And he came up to me and was like, oh, you know, he was saying all these, he was just talking to me in like a very suggestive, but still not overt, you know, yeah. not direct way. And he asked me for my number, and I'm very oblivious, so I genuinely just thought he wanted money, because he was like, yo, like, what do you do outside of work? Did I thought he was just having this... D- Again, I'm a little oblivious when people are attracted to me anyway. I'm not one of those people that has <laughs> ever catches on to the clues or the signs. So I gave him my number thinking that, like, he just genuinely wanted to connect, like, outside of work, which I had no problem with. Next thing you know, I'm getting a text at 1.30 a.m. talking about some want to exchange photos. Um, I've been thinking about you since... And I was just like, okay, like, <laughs> nigga, what? Like, what? Like, where is this coming from? And he was, and I, and I told him directly, like, hey, I don't do that. Like, this whole messing people that you work with. And he was so strong-willed and so aggressive to be like a five foot eight queen. Like, I'm talking about like, just a little little femme. I don't even go to the gym, kind of white gay. Like, just, and I was mind blown that he because I'm like you're a whole director like I could take this to HR and you're it's a wrap like it's a wrap like how entitled and how comfortable do you have to be in your own bullshit for you to pull something like that especially like with an employee a co-worker yuck sir get it together um someone that needs to get their shit together is Remy Ma and this is all on the same uh, subject of sex work, uh, consent, and sexual harassment. Um, State of the Culture is a show that Joe Budden uh, hosts. It's also co-hosted by Remy Ma um, and Jinx, a gentleman by the name of Jinx. Um, Scotty Beam used to be on the show, but she decided to part ways because it's it's a very toxic space in general. I don't blame her. Um, and ever since joining that show, Remy Ma has exposed to me how much of an idiot she is. She is a fucking imbecile. That bitch is dumb. Like, you know how she always says, are you dumb? She is. She actually is dumb. Like, the dumb that she's been asking about for years, she's it. She needs to look in the mirror. Um, so on the, their most recent episode, they were talking about um, uh, people that get raped and then seek settlement. Mm-hmm. And Remy Ma was not essentially she blatantly said if you are a woman and you get raped and you seek monetary settlement it's prostitution oh and the thing that that was so mind-blowing to me was she said this with her whole chest and even joe budden and jinx and there was another young lady there i'm not familiar with her name that were all like what like, what kind of statement is that? A, in order for it to be prostitution, what you've taken from me would have had to been offered to you in the first place. Yeah. Okay? You can't steal something and then decide, oh, I'm going to jail? Let me pay for it. That's not how that works. And even if it was, that's a different situation. If if I need monetary settlement for the fact that I might have been traumatized by this. I need therapy. I'm missing out on work. Like, rape is something that cripples some people. 
depending on the experience. Most people, and I would venture to say all, are affected for the, forever, regardless of, of healing and getting past it. It's, that's a situation in life that you now have to live with. So if I'm raped, especially by a public figure, I'm going to seek settlement. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make a prostitution. And quite frankly, Remy, you need to stop speaking. Mm. You need to shut the fuck up. That's what you need to do. That's what Lil' Kim said. Shut the fuck up. So. Damn. Remy really, she she's really been saying a lot of ignorant, imbecile things lately. A lot of ignorant shit. She said um, things about the LGBTQ uh, community. She said things about women in general. Like, she's just, she's, a, she like, like I said, like I said, uh, she's like a Twitter nigga in, in, in rented Louboutins. Like, she's like, I don't get, I, 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 I don't get it. She should have stayed behind the bars, quite frankly. Damn. Because she's offering nothing to society. Nothing. Um, but that's that's pretty much all I wanted to touch on on this most recent topic. Malik, is there anything else you wanted to add to this? Um, you know, I, I, I would just say I think that we're people are always complaining about how sensitive times we're living in, how, you know, they feel like they're walking on eggshells. I would say good. I would say stay, stay stay uncomfortable because the time and the day and age where powerful people can use their influence and their privilege over people to silence them and for them to walk around with their chest puffed out and, and they don't have to check and see if it's okay, those days are over. You need to be Absolutely. mindful. You need to be careful. You need to make sure that you're respecting people and their thoughts and their space. And if that means that the way you move around now, um, it's 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 limited in your eyes because you have to check in and actually be considered and use your your pea-sized brain. Then, oh well. Absolutely, perfectly said. Yep. Friend. And with that mm-hmm. being said, we're gonna take a quick little break, and we'll be right back with you. Hey, you guys, it's Malik. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you haven't, be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter is G R. O-W-I-N-U-P-G-A-Y underscore. And our Instagram is G-R-O-W-N-U-P-G-A-Y. Be sure to tell a friend about what we're doing. Continue to share the show. And we appreciate you and we love you. Now let's get back into the episode. On the timeline. We're back with On the Timeline. If this On the timeline. Is... <laughs> Yes, uh, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, uh, the On the Timeline segment is our celebrity slash social media based portion of the show. It is where we discuss, you know, anything that we don't think is serious enough to make a whole topic about um, or just things that are culturally relevant. Um, One of the things that I want to touch on, well, the first thing I want to touch on is uh, Nicki Minaj is out of retirement. (laughs) <laughs> after a whopping two weeks two weeks an extensive two weeks um the mother of all barbs has returned um now let's all be honest nikki we knew you weren't going anywhere you just you needed a little attention you needed you needed the barbs to be in a frenzy so you can feel whatever you needed to feel so you know i get i would say welcome back but bitch you didn't go anywhere so Nikki is uh, back with a new song and a capsule collection. A collection apparently. Well, if you follow Nikki, you've or if you follow anyone that follows Nikki, uh, you've seen her uh, in Fendi. She's been dripped and draped in Fendi for like a solid year now, and um, Fendi prints on, as she said. Uh, she now has a song with uh, PNB Rock, and. Uh, Murder Beats, if I'm not mistaken, has produced it, and the song is called Fendi. Um, I listened to the song. It's more of the same across the board. It's nothing really special. Um, but what it does is tie in perfectly with Nikki's up- upcoming capsule collection with Fendi, which I have to say, I don't know who manages Nikki, but shout out to them for getting her this deal with Fendi because Nikki's not necessarily a fashion girl, so for her to score a fashion capsule collection through Fendi, you know, she's come a long way from Kmart. 
Yeah, so a long I, way from Kmart, baby. Because I remember that Kmart line. Goodbye. You remember that? That Kmart line. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Spandex. You know what still Spandex. You know what still sends me? <laughs> you know what still sends me? What? Um I remember some Nikki was going through something and I think it might have been um Steve Madden. Remember the Steve Madden thing? Oh where she yes. accused Steve Madden of, 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 of um going with essentially Cardi. profiting Right. Well, no, no, no. See, I think he was essentially profiting off of her likeness because oh. he had a shoe named the Nikki shoe, and it, but the shoe was like mad old, like it had been named the, the Nikki shoe like even before she came out. Uh, but apparently, she was supposed to be doing like a, a deal with Steve, and everything fell through, and then she like spazzed on him on social media. And Kmart tweeted, "They might not have Nicki Minaj, but we do." <laughs> and I, <laughs> damn. I was never no more, bitch. I died. Like, that shit was so funny to me. So, uh, the capsule collection actually doesn't look bad. I've seen a few of the pieces. They aren't necessarily things that I would buy for women in my life. Um, but I feel like they're they're cute for Nikki. So, shout out to her and her, her capsule collection. Yep. The song. Um, the the, the <sighs> collection will be available uh, October 14th. Uh, Fendi.com. And in 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 uh, in a few boutiques, that's gonna be uh, Beverly Hills, Los Angeles, Miami, New York. Come on, Beverly Hills, Madi- Madison, Soho, Madison, New York, uh, Soho, Atlanta, Houston, Las Vegas, Mexico City, and Toronto. All right, so go off, Nikki. Yeah, go off. Congratulations. Um, other people that are absolutely, absolutely in um, deserve of being con- told congratulations. Are Billy Porter and Jarrell Jerome? Absolutely, uh, they are both uh, Emmy, both record-breaking Emmy winners at this point. Uh, history-making, not record-breaking. I'm sorry, history-making Emmy winners at this point. Um, Billy Porter is the first openly gay black man to win an Emmy in the lead actor category, and he, of course, won for his his uh, powerful performance on the show Pose. And Jarrell Jerome is the first Dominican, uh, Dominic- Dominican-American, excuse me, person to win an Emmy. He's actually the first Afro-Latinx actor in general to to win an Emmy for acting. So, shout out to him. He, of course, won for uh, uh, portraying Corey Wise in When They See Us, the Ava DuVernay um, Netflix uh what is it a four-part series yep if i'm not mistaken it's a limited it's a limited series yeah yeah so he did uh he did a, i didn't watch it because i knew it was gonna be too heavy for me uh but for, literally from the the day this uh the, the series came out everyone talked about Jarrell's performance and we kind of all saw this coming but he gave a really really wonderful speech uh so did billy billy also gave a really really wonderful speech so it was beautiful to, to have those moments and, and to have a little bit of good in the The Emmys really needs to work on making their show more entertaining. It is very boring. Like, it is super boring. Um, so they need to they need to figure out a way to, to make that more enticing. Unfortunately, with the Emmys came uh, some foolishness. Oh, always. <laughs> some Emmy Award winning foolishness. So, RuPaul. RuPaul Charles. RuPaul. RuPaul, RuPaul, RuPaul. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. Um, RuPaul, while accepting his fourth Emmy Award for um, RuPaul's Drag Race, was asked by one of Essence uh, Magazine's journalists um, about diversity. Uh, and she specified, you know, the diversity in the industry and, you know, within his team and like what he's doing uh, about diversity she asked him uh, do you feel that this is important for while well, speaking about diversity she asked do you feel that, that this is important to be uh, represented behind the scenes as well as for a show like yours uh, to be diverse and he said well first of all the host of our show is black gay and a drag queen so check check and check <laughs> niece niece ma'am he said that RuPaul. he said check 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 while surrounded by a sea a sea of white gay men 
So because there's one. One. All we need is one. That's Me. called tokenism, niece. That is tokenism. Mm-hmm. Auntie. Auntie RuPaul. Get your shit together. <laughs> and then what made it what made it even worse was the the tirade of sorts he went on after that where he couldn't even properly quote the color purple. Who does not know all my life I had to fight? Like how like how removed from your own blackness do you have to be to where you can't properly quote the fucking super famous all my life I had to to fight. And then for you to to joke and pull which was such like a a, a hetero thing to do like a to refer to the LGBTQ community as the BLT community. Really? Like, you just don't have the range, do you? Ooh. I don't ever think you did. Damn. Trash. So, it was, for me, I wasn't surprised by any of this. I've been able to, I pulled RuPaul's card a long time ago. I was actually quite the fan of his growing up. You know, whenever you're a marginalized person and you see somebody that is also marginalized, but they're living freely and boldly and unapologetically, that can be really, really, really moving and really powerful for you because you grow up thinking, you know, you you grow up thinking there's something wrong with you, there's something you need to hide. And then you see somebody, and no, I don't do drag, but you see somebody that's boldly themselves, you know. And I was always, I always grew up just thinking he was dope. And then the more I got to learn about him and read about him and just listen to his ideologies on certain things and how he just, the frame from which he lives, it made me realize, like, that's not, and like, like I tweeted, you, you know, you grow up thinking somebody's superhero and then you, a, a superhero, and then you realize they're just one of them niggas running around Times Square in a costume. And that's how I feel about RuPaul. Damn. Period. 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 A lot, a, so, a lot of people feel that same way about him. So you're not, I mean, you know, you're not in bad company at all. I don't think so. I wouldn't say so. I'm definitely no. not alone. I'm definitely no, you're not alone. So uh, the last thing that we want to touch on really quickly uh, were limitations for male sexual expression in the bedroom. I'm going to make this really quick. Just because a man likes his butt played with does not make him gay. Agreed. You women out there, especially you heterosexual black women, because I saw a lot of the toxicity coming from you all. Just because a man likes anal play, I should say, or his butt eaten does not make him gay. Guess what? It feels good. It feels so good. It does. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. It feels good. Ladies, take your man that shower or take a man to go in that shower and wash it in that hole. Get it out. And put your tongue up that thing. Stop. In the words of Trey Songs, dive, dive in, in girl. <laughs> like, don't get be you a, take, you a taste. Ta- girl. You better throw them get balls, throw taste. them balls back, and do what you need. Throw to them do. legs back and get to the gooch. Okay, and get to the gooch and make eat that a little ass. Cream. <laughs> like Nicki Minaj said, eat a Barbie ass or something. I mean, you know, come just on, eat a, just eat a little, just nibble on it a nibble little, on it. just a little, nibble lick. on it, just a little, you know. There's no better expression than enjoying all of your significant other's parts. Mm-hmm. You know? Like like John John Legend said, all of me loves all of you. Okay? Capiche? So, <laughs> with that being said, <laughs> I'm done. Malik, do you have anything else you would like to touch on? No. Uh... Just stop limiting people's sexual expression, and um, that's it. Stop. That's it. That's it. That's it. All right. So thank you all for tuning into this week's episode. As always, um, if you would like to follow the show, you can do so on Instagram at grownupgay, uh, instagram.com slash G-R-O-W-N up gay. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's grownupgay underscore. Um, and you can follow Malik and I on our personal socials at... I am Malik Khalid Yoga, M-A-L-I-K-K-H-A-L-I-D Yoga. You can follow Vaughn at Vonagram. 
Um, yeah, make sure you email us too. Email me at Malik at M A L I K at Growin G R W I N up gay.com. Vaughn is Vaughn V A U N at growingupgay.com. And be sure to write into our show for Spill It. Uh, Spill It is a segment yes. that we do when you guys send in questions or commentary, whatever it is. You know, send it in and we will review it. We will strategize on our answer and we'll get right back with you. Yes. <laughs> if, you have quest- if you have questions for us, if there's something you want us to touch on, if you want our viewpoint on something you're going through, if you need some financial advice, uh, <laughs> anything, uh, you can reach out to us, like Malik said, Vaughn at GrowingUpGay.com, Malik at GrowingUpGay.com, or GrowingUpGay at Gmail.com. Or we're giving you all types of options here. You can DM us you know whatever the question is and we'll answer it so we hope you all enjoyed this episode we'll catch you all next week Peace. Peace.